We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 30th. I'm Jeff Erickson here. And today, my co-host slash guest is my good friend and Rotowire editor Jason Thornberry, champion of the Rotowire Stake League and the Sin City Auction League that's hosted by uh, Brad Evans. Fade the noise is Brad Evans that we have every year. Uh, so big year for you, Thorn. Congrats on the, dub, the dual championships, and thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. Big year, yeah. I'd like to. Fun fun to celebrate it with you. All right. I not really celebrate it, but uh, it was fun. And it is year. week 17, so it is like celebration week. We find out what did we do right? What did we do wrong? I yeah. lost three Super Bowls this week, this uh, oh, on mean. Monday night. All on Monday night, too. One by one, like just over a point, another by <laughs> 1.8 points, another by 10 points. The one by 10 points is the one I thought I had the best chance of winning, but I got, to, I went to Digstown, unfortunately. Uh, and that, that was just ugly, but I lost by, you know, it just kept going and going and going. But, what was what was the secret of your success? How did you win the the, the double championship here? You know, I uh, well, I got a little lucky. You have to do that. I think one big thing was my the stars on my team, relatively speaking, stayed healthy. That was a big thing. Um, some of the minor guys got injured, and I had to scramble at times, but uh, or the lesser guys, but. Uh, both of these leagues were auction leagues, mm-hmm. and so it's a little I take a little bit extra pride in that. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I just think that I, you know, I, I was fortunate to 
to get the the guys I wanted in the auction. I didn't necessarily target specific players, but I had in mind that I want to get uh, at least three, you know, elite or near elite players, whether that's two running backs or one receiver or vice versa. Okay. I think in one league, in the stake league, I had one elite running back, two receivers, and then it was the other way around in the Sin City League. So, um, so cu- coming out of the both of those auctions, I felt pretty good about my team because I had because of the way it was built and and like I said, those guys stayed healthy and they all played pretty well and and here we are. I almost in the Sin City League, though, I almost messed it up because I was fortunate to have Kamara in his six touchdowns, which is obviously fluky. Right. But the guy I was playing against, James Coe, he had uh, Devontae Adams going on that Sunday night game and all those touchdowns and yards. And so he had a nice chunk there. And um, I, I made a mistake with my tight ends. And I so I left a bunch of points on the table. And then I had all year long, I'd streamed defenses, which I think worked great. And I used Jerry Donabadian's uh, streaming defenses article right. from our site from Rotowire. And that was awesome all year. But the very last year, the mistake I made was I should have been planning for week 16, like around week 14 and, and picking up who I thought would be the top defense or one of the top defenses that was available for week 16. I didn't do that. So what I was left with was the number four defense on his list, which was Houston. And not not that Houston is good. They're not good, but they were going against your Bengals who might have the worst offensive football, except for in week 16, when they put up 37 points and got me negative four points, negative four fantasy points. So I went into the Monday night game in that league really sweating it out. Uh, James had Cole Beasley and the Bills defense. And it came down to like two and a half points that I won by or thereabouts. Um, But uh, so I was sweating it out the whole way. It was a really, really long fourth quarter for me. But um, anyway, I don't know. It was a, it was a fun, uh, fun fantasy year. Yeah. And I know you had Hopkins in both leagues that worked out pretty well. It wasn't like amazing, but it worked out well. Yeah. You had Russell Wilson, of course, uh, in both leagues, and this was a super flex league. So in in, in Sin City, at least it was uh, stake league. It's just nor, uh, standard lineup there, although uh, some similarities. But yeah, the Sin City league that one's crazy. It's fourteen teams. It's a super flex league. There's two tight ends and two other flex position players. So you have to dig dig really in there. And uh, you know, I, I I think there's a lot of skill in winning that. I. I it used to be known as the Stopa League, and uh, I, I I won it once, and I've made it to the finals another time. But uh, it's hard to do that. It's a hard league, yeah. And I, last year was my first year in it, and you kind of have to be in it once or twice to get the, you know, all the flavors of it. You know what I mean? To get the the I don't know the inside scoop on how to really do that. And I, last year I thought I could kind of just wheel it with my. Um, my tight ends and no, you have to have a plan with that. You can't just be like, Oh, I'll pick up a tight end. Cause there's no, none available unless, you know, somebody gets hurt and you get, you spend up and fab for their, uh, for the backup, who's going to be the starter, but you really have to have your bases covered. And I think what I did well, well, one of the things I did well in that league was you mentioned Deandre Hopkins and there was kind of a, seemed to be in the fantasy community, not that people were down on him, but they were kind of skeptical, I think, because of the track record that elite wide receivers have when they go to a new team. They usually don't do that well. And so I think his price was suppressed just a bit. And 
so I had him in, I'm in four leagues. I think I had him in three of them and it was all the, for the same reason that I just thought that among the top wide receivers, his price might be, you know, five bucks less or five right. to 10 bucks less. And that's what it was in, in both the stake league and the, in the sin city league It was about five to 10 bucks less than some of the other guys, some of the other top guys. Now, some of those other top guys had great, had better seasons. Devontae Adams, obviously Tyreek Hill, they had better seasons, you know, overall, but the savings on that five to 10 bucks allowed me, that's an alarm going off. Um, it, it allowed me to put my money elsewhere too. So in, uh, I think in the stake league, I was able to add Adam Thielen as well, who I didn't, wasn't really targeting, but when he was, we were getting, we were bidding on him. I thought it was a good value. And I was like, okay, I'll jump in on him. And I, I grabbed him and then I was able to get Dalvin cook in that league too. And that's where I spent my money, but saving that just that little extra on, uh, Deandre Hopkins. I mean, it kind of paid off and, because it allowed me to have more free up money to spend on other guys. And then right. it was similar in the Sim- Sin City League. And I got him for that price. And then I ended up getting Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott, who for half of the season was great. And the second half wasn't that great. Um, Although he was but, good in week 16. That was the yeah. one, that was another key for you there. And, uh, and, and the other key on that was his backup, Pollard, was good in week 15 when yes. he was out. So it actually worked out pretty well down the stretch for me with, with those two. But and you actually, did you carry both uh, uh, Zeke and Pollard all season long or did no, you I have didn't. to scramble I, to get I, Pollard? I picked up Pollard. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I picked him up some, someplace along the line, maybe like four or five weeks into it. I think someone had him and they dropped him. And so I picked him up just to be on the safe side. And it turned out to be, you know, I needed him for that one week. And, um, and it was fine, but my, with my quarterbacks, it was a little different because there's basically five guys that I was going to, I was going to get one of the five guys and the five top guys, Mahomes, Lamar, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson being a Seahawks homer. I was leaning toward Wilson, but, but those five guys, um, well, four of the five, at least run a ton or run a lot. And Mahomes is just Mahomes, so I thought that I thought that Wilson's price relative to the, relative to those other four was pretty competitive and a cost savings too. Plus, I love the guy, so it worked out pretty well. Um, I should have had Josh Allen in that mix too because he runs a lot, but um, but I didn't. So maybe you know if I would have, I could have probably got Josh Allen for ten dollars cheaper than I got. Russell Wilson and put that $10 somewhere else too and been even better. But nevertheless, it all worked out. Yeah, sure. Uh, and I'm looking at the auction results for Sin City. You got Camara at a discount too. You got him at 40 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was because of the timing of, of yep. our auction. You know, I think there was some contract concerns about him. He might have been missing time. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it was before. I forget. I thought it was one of our earlier auctions. So it might have been before he sat out uh, some of the pra- uh, the practices and all that. But um, he came relative to the other top running backs. He was cheap. Yeah. I think it was right at the time where he was, there was some contract issues and I thought oh, that, I mean, that was a consideration, but the price was pretty good and cheaper than the other guys. But what really like made my head spin in that league was, I think we had done the stake league before that. And Dalvin Cook in the stake league went for like 55 bucks, I think, or 50 plus. And so when I was bidding, so I, I got Kamara 
for cheaper than I thought I would, which I was happy about. So I had a little extra money to spend. I was like, well, I'm going to get a second running back then, a second good one. So that's when I started bidding on Ezekiel Elliott. I think he was 50-plus or something. But then you got Dalvin Cook for 40. 36 even. Yeah. How much was it? 36. I'm looking at it right now. I loved my auction. I thought I had a great team. I was like, when you did that, I was like, oh, I totally screwed this up. How, How did he only go for 36? I had an, I, I, I saw I saw the running back prices going down and I jumped in full in. I got three. I went Cook, Chubb, and Josh Jacobs. I was feeling pretty good about myself, Thorne. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Chubb got hurt, missed a big chunk of time. Godwin got hurt, missed a chunk of time. OBJ missed the you know he was out early for the whole season, so that hurt. Uh, Hollywood Brown became uh, West Covina Brown or whatever. Although <laughs> that Hollywood, by the way, is Florida. Is my is, is Florida? It's not. Um, it's not California. It's not. Hot. So it's all not. of our – we need to I, – I don't know my Miami suburbs nearly as well, so I need to come with – Miami Gardens. There you go. There yeah. you go. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, anything that he did was – it was anything good he did was too late. Um, yeah. Yeah, I also had Jimmy G, Cam. You know, Cam was looking like, oh, I have Cam, and I only got him for six. You suckers. And then you right. did get 12 right. rushing touchdowns. So you only got you got fewer passing touchdowns, though. It was horrible. Um, yeah, that, that's how my season went. But, uh, you know, no, again, I made it about me when you're the champ. That, that's good that's radio okay. right there. It's okay. That's, that's fantasy football for you. Yeah. No, I um, – yeah, the Dalvin Cook thing, though, was, I was really like – I was like, wow, that's, this draft is – how could that happen? How could he go for such so cheap? And I would I would have rather had him. I mean, I had him in the – I had him in the in the stake league, and I, or did I have him in the stake? Yeah, I had him in the stake league. I think. Yes, you did. And um, I would have rather have had him than Ezekiel Elliott for that price, obviously for the price, but even just kind of straight up. Um, but uh, so that that was a that was weird, and I thought, oh well, I'm kind of doomed. But it, it turned out, and then you know the minor guy, like the the lesser players, you know, like the everything after those big guy was big guys was. $10 or less. And most of them were even less than $10, a couple of bucks, but, and those guys weren't great, but they were, they were good. And yep. like Robbie Anderson was a kind of a fluke because I threw him out just wanting to fill up wide receivers, a, a wide receiver spot on somebody else's roster. Um, and I threw him out for a buck and it was total crickets. Nobody wanted them. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I have Robbie Anderson. And then week one, he had a huge week one, and I kept him on my roster the whole year. And he had a he had a good year. He didn't score a ton of touchdowns, but he he was he was a steady force in the lineup. And so I had a few guys like that too that that came. Brandon Ayuk on my stake league team, he was he was pretty. He had COVID problems here and there, but um, he was out a few games. But he was pretty steady. And uh, and the other thing in the Sin City League that was good, it's a two court. Well, it's not two courts. One quarterback, but then you have a super flex, and you can play a quarterback, and everybody puts a quarterback in that spot. So I got Ryan Tannehill for pretty cheap, and I think the reason for that was people were skeptical that what he did last season was going to carry over sure. to this season. Maybe that was a fluke. So I got him a little cheaper than I think I normally would, and um, you know, and then and and he he was great. He was he was good all pretty much all season. So except for. Uh, he was actually it wasn't bad. I was going to say, except for week 16 when the snowstorm in Green Bay, but he had a rushing touchdown on that. So that it, it turned out. OK, indeed. Uh, I noticed he picked up J.D. McKissick in both leagues, uh, both. Yeah. And th- that really worked out really well. Um, 
huge, you know, that long touchdown reception uh, in, the, in the comeback, you know, that attempted comeback against Carolina. Uh, that was huge. Um, and, you know, he, he was a good in PPR leagues. That guy's been awesome this year. Right. I mean, that was a that was a uh, one of the considerations was he wasn't going to get a ton of yards every week. But both leagues were I think they're half PPR. I'm not sure about the stake league it might be full PPR, but I forget. But um, but he gets a ton of passes and they, that's how they kind of use him. So and then there was some some games where Gibson was out. And so uh, he got, you know, more action than he otherwise would have. And uh, he was, you know, he, I didn't use him every week in all my leagues, but he was always a, a flex consideration. And, um, and you know, worked out great in week 16. He had a pretty good week. Um, but my, in the stake league, another thing I, I had, I, I got two, I drafted two decent tight ends, um, Gusecki or Gusecki and uh, um, Goddard. And I use them often because in that league, you can use a tight end as a flex. And I often put both of them in the in the lineup. One is a tight end, one is a flex. And they worked out pretty well. Again, they weren't like, you know, huge every week. But every once in a while, they'd have huge weeks. And more often than not, they'd, you know, they'd get me maybe 10 fantasy points or something like that. And from a tight end spot, I, you know, considering the landscape of tight end these days, I was more than content with that. And in those weeks where I had a buy with my running backs or buy with my wide receivers, or, you know, maybe I was getting thin at one spot, I could use those tight ends and, um, you know, and, and, and I'd, I'd be okay. Indeed. We're going to, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more with Jason Thornberry about the Seahawks, about the mag Rotowire magazine, all the work he does on that. But first a quick note from our sponsors at bet, bet MGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month Rotowire subscription when they, piece, when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website and use promo code ROTO, that's R-O-T-O, to claim your free subscription. Once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of Rotowire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. All right. I'm here with Jason Thornberry, who, among many, many other things for Rotowire, he edits all of our articles. He edits the Rotowire magazine as well, football magazine, and does yeoman's work on that. And I got to think, Thorn, you, you get to see a lot of good content, got, especially with the magazine when you're doing your prep work and week in, week out, when you're, when you're editing all these articles, looking at everything, uh, get a good, get a, glean a lot of insights. Yeah, it's by far the best thing for uh, for draft prep because I'm forced to read it all. So uh, and yeah, I just put it, you know, like the last few years has been like this, really. And I had a good fantasy year last year, except for in the stake league. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I won my hometown league that I was in, and then I lost in the Vegas league in the finals. But 
But a lot of it is when I'm doing the magazine and editing all that, I little, you know, I put away little things, you know, and I've, yeah. I thought about maybe I should write a, an article for the magazine that just says, these are the 10 players that jumped out to me this year, but I haven't done that yet. And I don't know if I'm going to do that next year, but, but that's basically the way, way it goes. And, you know, I, like DeAndre Hopkins is one of them where there was kind of a, like I said, people were down on him, not down on him, but just kind of skeptical. And then a lot of the rookie guys, you know, there was four rookie um, receivers that I was not necessarily targeting, but I wanted to have a couple of them. One of them was Justin Jefferson, who I didn't get anywhere, and it bothers me to no end. And when I think of the season, I hope I think of my fantasy titles and not the fact that I missed on Jefferson, but he was on my list, right? And yeah. along with Ayuk and uh, Jerry Judy, and then who was C.D. Lamb? And I wasn't uh, C.D. Lamb was at the bottom only be, of that of those four only because he had competition for targets in Dallas, whereas. Jefferson, I mean, he had Thielen there, but with Stephon Diggs gone, he was he was going to be part of the offense, right? But I didn't get him anywhere, and and it, and it was so irritating. And then on compounding that was this huge season that he had. Is every week I was like, oh man, if I had him, I'd be cruising. But anyway, all that's because I because of the magazine and um, reading all the different articles and like I said, reading all the player write ups. I mean, when you read, you know, we do. I don't know. I don't know how many we do, but like 30, 40, 40 quarterbacks, which I write, and then 80 running backs, 80 wide receivers and 32 tight ends. When you do all that, you kind of, you get a, you know, you get a good feel for the player pool and, and all that kind of stuff. And it really, like I said, it's the best draft prep you could have. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. And uh, you know, Jefferson too. I mean, it, he wasn't starting those first couple of weeks for, reasons and he was available on the waiver wire for a little bit there yeah uh which you know i I actually got picked him up in a couple of leagues there but i in my dynasty league i took uh i took jalen rieger over him i'm i'm wearing the cone of shame on that one (laughs) well i mean it's hard to you know it's hard to it's hard to be too hard on yourself on that one yeah i don't i I do not like the cone of shame but the problem the cone of shame sucks you know the thing is though i mean that that's a decision that I'll have to kind of live with. Now, re, it, the verdict's not out on Rieger. I mean, he could no, still be very no, good. And in fact, he's been better since uh, si- since the the quarterback change. But I thought he'd be good with uh, Carson Wentz. That's one that I I'm really stunned on. But those are the types of things. Like, I mean, obviously, you have to kind of get lucky. Like, who knew Carson Wentz was going to suck like he did? Right. Right. Now, let's say Carson Wentz was actually good. Rieger might have been better. Yep. Um, and his other guys, other receivers might have been better. But uh, for whatever reason, he just took a massive step backwards and has, you know, kind of lost, I guess, lost a job in Philly. So who knows what's going to happen to him. But those are the things you can't account for in fantasy football. And that's why, like at the beginning, I said, I, I'm fully aware of the good fortune that I had. Yeah. And, you know, I, I look at Rieger too. Now Rieger had multiple issues. He got hurt himself a couple of times and that's, Actually, a big part of that as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I expect with the regular training camp, regular preseason, you know, they he could really take another level. I'll, I'll probably still go. I'll probably go back to the well on him again this year. But I'm stubborn that way. Right, but you know, the thing with like in my my general view of targeting rookie wide receivers is 
you're probably going to miss, you're going to miss a lot. But if you can find the one guy that goes off, cause there's always like one guy that has a pretty good year. I mean, Jefferson is like lights out and no one should ever expect that from a rookie receiver. But if you can find a one, one or two guys that, you know, have really good years, then you've gotten, you've gotten, um, a great value on draft day. Cause those guys are going to always come pretty cheap, pretty cheaply, you know, in an auction, they were all like a couple of bucks. I mean, I think Jefferson and it was either the stake league or sin city. I think he was two bucks or something. Yeah. And, and that's why I like to find, I like to hone in on a handful of rookie wide receivers. Not that I expect, not, not that I have some special insight on, Oh, this guy's going to be great. I just think if you hit on him, the value you get is, is huge. So I always like to, I kind of like to do that, um, to target one of those guys. And, and Brandon Ayuk was, like I said before, he was good, but he wasn't Jefferson. And that kind of it irritates me that, he was on my list and I missed him, but whatever. I still, yeah, yeah you, and that, that's the thing is you had Ayuk in your starting lineup in uh, one of those leagues. And did you have him in both or in one? I forget. I had him in both, but in Sin City, there was the weeks where he was out with COVID and it was, uh, I forget why I had to drop somebody and I was like, well, I got to drop him. Okay. And, and it was, it was such a, that was, that was a regret too. But, um, but then it wasn't because he did he got hurt in week six in your Super Bowl yeah, and exactly you would have exactly. done worse so yeah <laughs> sliding and I doors him. I uh, him. it's it's definitely true that uh, it's funny how that works that you, you could have been worse off had, had yeah. he stayed healthy yeah. the whole time or had he had he avoided that COVID but here we are anyways um, I, so I want to talk about you know all, all all your editing work and all that because it's funny your path to you know, you know RotoWire and how we met was through broadband sports. You had a different path. You were actually working for a newspaper first, and then yes. got hired for, by broadband on the not on the Roto side, but on the Athlete Direct side. Right, right. I out of college, I was uh, I was a sports writer, just covering. I uh, worked for a couple of different. Uh, Southern California newspapers and, um, just covering like high school sports during the, during the high school season. And then in the summer, they'd send me out to, you know, like angel stadium or something to do a feature here or there. And I got to do some cool stuff like that. Um, but one day I looked around and I was like, this is a sinking ship, uh, the newspaper industry in general. So that's when I found out about, uh, athlete direct and I, got hired there and, and, and I, I you found a lot of stability with athletes direct <laughs> right. that wasn't a sneaking ship uh yeah <laughs> yeah um but it, my, my first day on the job actually was the day of a home run derby it was like 99 i think and you were running a pool and everybody picked uh you know a couple guys in the home run derby and it i picked jeremy burnett's and ken griffey jr and i think they finished one two in some kind of order and i won the whole pool and on my first day at work and you were like this is not right giving this money to the new guy but you handed it over and uh, i don't that recall was, you know, protesting that might have been that. the highlight of my time in broadband <laughs> it's so funny i I, bear, I i don't even remember us doing that i don't remember protesting but hey you you proved your chops right away and we're like right hey, away, we got to yeah. hire this guy but that was a, that was a great place to work it was fun it was, i mean it was maddening too but yeah. Um, the thing that we, you guys were doing the Roto stuff and I was part of the group that did, we built, uh, websites for athletes. And basically what it was, was like a blog for athletes 
before blogs were a thing. Right. And you'd talk to the guy and then you'd write this blog up or whatever. And we called them diaries, I think, or something, mm-hmm. or journals or something. And, uh, it was a, it was a good idea, but, uh, it was severely, <laughs> severely mismanaged. And, uh, yeah. And then it went, then it went under and, um, I did some freelance work for a while. Uh, I did more, uh, covered high school football games and stuff and a bunch of high school basketball games, that stuff. And then I started doing roto work and then you guys hired me and the rest is history. Yeah, indeed. And, uh, it's, it's wild. Uh, man, I remember the old roto room back in the old building. That's where, yeah. where I yeah. really, I think we got to know you. That's the thing it, is the, and then you, you know, you poured it over to like, when we went to the new building, you weren't working in the same area as us. So, but right. by then we'd already gotten to know each other and started getting in our leagues together and all that good stuff. Right. But, uh, yeah, I remember when you guys did the first, uh, the first Rotowire baseball magazine, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like these guys sitting right next to me or, or you know, right down the hall, putting out a magazine is awesome. I was I think I got you to autograph it. I was like, Jeff, you got to autograph it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Man, heady times, heady times heady too. And that, and th- those were in the days where we were just getting started with that. And, yeah. you know, we, you know, we do a lot more in house now than we did before, but, uh, you know, then you start doing projections and learning how to do that process and all that. We're, hey, yeah. and speaking of which, the baseball magazine will be done by, uh, mid January and it's going to be pretty wild. Uh, but uh, once again, to do, do all that. Now, Clay Link does a lot of the, the, the heavy lifting as far as that goes. I do projections still for the site, but Clay is the guy that's organizing a lot of the magazine. It's a lot of work, but uh, he, do, he does a great job with that. Um, but uh, it, it's funny about uh, just all the, thing, the things we come across. Now, you're also a big Seattle guy. And so, of course, yeah. you know, Russell Wilson, a couple of leagues, and you, you've kind of, on those 50-50 calls, they become 55-45 for you. And I think that's okay, yeah. especially when you have a knowledge of the team. Now, they, the Seahawks have kind of slowed down offensively yes. lately, but they've also gotten better defensively. Right, right. That was just going back to the fantasy thing for a second. They in the first half of the year, first six weeks, and pretty much I had Russell. I think everywhere in pretty much every league, I had this gigantic uh, points lead because he was throwing three or four or five touchdowns every week. And then it severely dropped off, but I I had a pretty huge buffer because of um, the uh, here's the thing the 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 the, the problem that they that they had was beginning of the year they they threw deep a lot and they had these big huge completions and stuff and then teams you know you put enough tape out there on yourself teams figure out a way to cover it and in the middle of the season when Chris Carson got hurt and then Carlos Hyde was hurt at the same time for a few of those games. They had no running game. So teams were defenses were just dropping everybody into coverage, daring the Seahawks to run, which they couldn't. And they had a, you know, they couldn't throw deep. Now he's back and their offense is more balanced. And that term annoys me, but that's a different topic. But, um, and, and they're able to run the ball when they can't throw deep, but they still haven't really solved the problem of, of how defenses are covering them, uh, covering their deep ball. So I don't, I don't, I still don't know how good this team is. If you go by the Bill Parcells thing of you're as good as your record, then they're pretty good. But if you kind of look at their schedule and look who they beat, and they 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 needed defensive stands at the end of the game to beat the Vikings, the Patriots, and the Cowboys earlier in the season. Those games could have easily gone the other way. 
And really, you know, they had the AFC East this year and they had the NFC East on their schedule. All terrible teams, with the exception of Buffalo, who spanked them. So I have no idea how good they are. And I don't think they're going to make a deep run in the playoffs necessarily. But you always have a chance with Russell and maybe they can figure out how to get uh, DK Metcalf going again because his his first half, second half split of the season is pretty stark. Most of his touchdowns came in the first half. He's had a couple in the second half of the season. All of his 100-yard games, with the exception of one, I think, came in the first half of the season. And um, so hopefully they can get that long, that deep passing game going again right. and uh, and take advantage. Yeah, and I, I think you're right about that. And it's just the eye test. You watch them, and they're just not the same. I, I yeah. think some of it's offensive line base, too. I You know, yeah, the Rams, the the Bills, they really beat up Wilson. He took a lot of hits, yeah. and that, it was yeah. kind of a blueprint for other teams too. It's like you have yeah, to no get doubt. pressure on them. Uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. And that, and, yeah, uh, and that, that I think that's that's tough. So I, you know, they're they're either going to be the two or the three. Uh, I think there's an outside chance at the one you know, actually too. If they win and the Packers lose, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. it's you know I you know it would be huge for them if they did get the ones he'd get that bye week uh, get the home field you know not have to go to uh, Lambeau not have to go to New Orleans those are those would be preferred options yeah no doubt um, I don't I think it's more involved than just the Packers losing too like the Saints have to lose and something else has to happen but so they're probably not going to get the one seed. But yeah. I think the interesting thing in football this year, too, is there's really no home field advantage for anybody. Like the Seahawks, their home field advantage is pretty much gone because there's no fans. Same thing with the, the Saints. You know, it's pretty loud in that dome, but there's no fans. But the one team that still has a home field advantage is the Packers because yes. of the weather. So you saw in that game the other night where the Titans came in there like they'd never seen snow before. And if it's like that in the playoffs, the Packers might have – and they get the bye, too. Uh, they could have a – uh, not a cakewalk to the Super Bowl, but they have a pretty good road to the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, they they do, they do, and you're right about the home field advantage. Uh, I mean, just look at the snow on Sunday night against Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, look how uh, Tennessee was just done. I mean, that, they were. Uh, uh, and I mean, someone had Tannehill and two of my three Super Bowls. I was very unhappy about that, especially watching them shut it down in the fourth quarter. Uh, yes, disgraceful. Yes. Just absolutely, yeah. and I know you had cool. Tan Hill going in Sin City, so you're probably when they didn't when they came out uh, that that last drive right before yeah. the two minute warning with the backups. You're like, ah, right. On. I was like, okay, let's just get some get some garbage time points. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. and then the backup come out, whoever that was, and I was like, oh, that's great. Just that's just fantastic. Yeah. But he still got me. I think in that league, he still got me like 18 points, which for your number two QB is not terrible. Right. So. I was like, oh, it's, the, the big, the forty-five yard run he had for a touchdown was huge. If he hadn't had that, it would have been a. Uh, well, I mean, I would have lost the whole thing, but right. Well, the thing is, he got that, and I, so I had a league where I had Tannehill, I had AJ Brown, I had Adams and Tunyon, and that that yeah. was I needed the game to be competitive. I needed it to be production right. from both sides, and I, when that happened, it made it nineteen fourteen. I'm like. All right, this is awesome. They go Packers go down. Adams gets his third touchdown. I'm like, all right, um, here we go. And then nothing after that from Tannehill. Just nothing. Horrible and Brown for that matter. Um, You know, looking at the uh, NFC playoff picture, I mean, we got a a win or go home game between the Rams and the Cardinals. 
where both teams might not have their starting quarterback. We know the yeah. Rams won't have won't have uh, Jared right. Goff. Uh, we'll see about Kyler Murray. I mean, they've been a little bit vague about his status with his lower leg injury. They won't really even say much about it, but the practice reports this week are going to be wild. I mean, the NFC, they're kind of, some teams are kind of limping in here. Yeah, no doubt. I, the, the Rams are like they they are the weirdest team because there are some weeks where you're like man that team could go to the super bowl that mm-hmm. team is really good and they have a great defense and when their offense is clicking and they're, they're doing all this motion stuff and they're confusing the the defense you're like oh man this team is really really good and then there's games like last week where they looked horrible and the seahawks defense who they were playing last week is not great they've gotten better since about mid-season but I mean, let's be honest. They, they've feasted on the NFC East. They feasted on the Jets. <clears throat> Excuse me. They feasted on some bad teams in that in that span. So, and then they play the the Rams, and the Rams' offense just looked terrible. And a lot of that was golf. Um, but now this week they have this guy John Wolford who who has never taken a snap in the NFL. He was in the AAF. Remember, you know that league? Yes. I don't remember what it stands for. There's something. Was American. it AAF or AFF? I forget which. Oh, it might have been AF. I don't know what it was. I think I will, it was. I will look it up because you know, we're, we're striving for accuracy here while we yes. talk. But you know, I watched some of that league, and he was actually not bad. The best quarterback in that league was the who's now the third string guy or second string, I guess, in Dallas. Gilbert uh, Garrett Gilbert is that yep. his name? Yeah, he was he was good. He was on uh, uh, Spurrier's team. And they just threw that crap out of the ball. I mean, it was a deep pass every every play. Beautiful. And then Wolford was like, okay. But, again, this is all AAF or whatever. I think it is AAF. But our outlook says AFF. And I think that's what I read that. I think that we, we oh. missed on that one there. So, uh, Or maybe I just trans. I, I trans. Yeah. It, yeah. So that, that was the problem. But if you look at all, like, the updates, and the, it's all AAF. So I think that's what it really is. That's so. what it is. Well, um, nevertheless, he I, I don't see how they would have much much hope with him at quarterback against the uh, against the Cardinals this week. Yeah, uh, it, it could be an ugly game. It could be a really ugly game. Now, yeah. the Rams defense is still pretty awesome. But like yeah. you said, they are a civil team. One week they look like they, you know, they, they go into Tampa Bay and they they control that game. They look great. Yeah. And then they lose at home to the Jets. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with Goff. Who's yeah. good and bad golf? Yeah, he's mediocre. He's mediocre, but this is the NFL. Like you, you know, they put a lot of money behind him. Now they're stuck with him for a while. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm rooting for the Cardinals, though. Not that I love the Cardinals, but I'd like to see the Rams lose. So go Cards. Yeah, uh, we got some news. Dalvin Cook had to leave today uh, due to a family emergency. He had to go to Miami. And because of COVID protocols, that means he'll be officially unavailable already because, you, you know, that five-day intake. Yeah. So he's out for Week 17. Now it's meaningless. You know, the, the Vikings aren't in the playoffs. The Lions aren't in the playoffs. Uh, most of our fantasy playoffs are done. But if you're playing DFS or if you got the, if, you know, in the stake league, uh, or not, uh, we got the total points. Well, you're fine because you have so many yeah. points. It doesn't matter. You're good. Well, I am playing in the the winner of the L.A. division plays the winner of the Madison division. Uh oh. In week seventeen, so I got to figure out what I'm going to do at running back. I guess. Yeah, and I think you know Alexander Madison sat out with a concussion last week, uh, right. so I don't know if he's even going to play this week. I don't know what the latest is on him. Uh, who's their third string guy? Have, Mike Boone would be it. Who stole a uh, touchdown from you? Uh, yes. 
He, he's almost certainly available. Amir Abdullah is available. There's going to be others too. It's it's week seven. It's week seventeen madness. I mean, you're going right. to see like the Chiefs sit out their starters. The Steelers probably sit out their starters. We know Big Ben's not going to play. Uh, James Robinson, by the way, has been ruled out already. Uh, Saw that. So uh, another week of Dari Ogunbunwale. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's the best name in football. It is. It is. And uh, and his teammate Divino Zigbo has got a pretty good name there too. That's and good he, too. You know he. Uh, oh, and man, Dalvin Cook's father passed away. That's terrible. That's, uh, that's, that's what happened. Um, so, uh, but yeah, you just kind of have to scramble to you know, pick things up. Now, DJ Chark may not play in this game for Jacksonville. Mike Glennon is going to keep the starting job. You don't really want Jacksonville players against the Colts, who have a lot to play for no. too. Colts yeah, defense Colts should are, be your number one defense this week. That's for right, sure. And the Colts are still playing for a playoff spot too, and they have a good defense usually. Usually, yeah. Um, but let me ask you this. So uh, being the Bengals guy that you are, Burrow gets hurt. But are you optimistic now for the future? Or are you still like, uh, what was me, Bengals fan? That's like, ah, well, we're the Bengals. Uh, somewhere in between, but I'm not that optimistic. I'm, I'm optimistic oh. about Burrow. I think he's he's the legit. He's the real deal. I think he's totally legit. Um, it's just, and I'm devastated he got hurt. We obviously have a mission to protect him. I don't know if he's going to be able to be as mobile as he was prior to the injury. That's the thing that scares me. Uh, yeah. But it's still Mike Brown as the owner, which means he's also Mike Brown as the GM, you know, and, you know, they, yeah. they're, they're front, you know, it, it's such an ownership driven team. And that, that's a real bummer. You know, the Bengals spent money this past off season on defense and they got so little in return. Uh, and they, unfortunately, it was it was bad luck in some cases. Two, two of their three big signings got hurt, and missed most of the season. Uh, but you know that, that that's the problem. And you look at their draft pick history. John Ross was a bust. Uh, Billy yeah. Price, first round uh, draft pick center, yeah. was pretty much a bust. He's now playing guard, and he's kind of in and out of the lineup. He, he he's not what they expected out of him. Uh, their their big left tackle. Uh, from last year, didn't play a single down last year. Got hurt, and he's been—he's hurt again this year. He's out—he's out, he's out uh, yeah. now uh, for the rest of the season. But when he did play, he wasn't that great. Now I don't know if some of that is learning on the job, though. Uh, but point is, the Bengals don't do very well in the draft, at least with these these big, high-profile picks. Unless it's something had, you can't mess up. They've also had crazy bad injury luck with their number one picks. Yeah, like, don't they have like a streak of? seven years or something of the number one pick getting injured. Yeah. They, it, it's like crazy. That. It is crazy. Yeah. And in but many I, cases, I, yeah. And in many cases that pick gets hurt even before the start, season starts. Yeah. I mean, William yeah. Jackson, the third missed his rookie season because of that. Right. He's actually turned out to be a good player. That, that pick actually worked, uh, but it took a while, but you know, yeah, you're right. It's, 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 but at some point does it become, is it luck? I mean, yes, Joe Burrow's luck. Well, it's also not protecting him, not having the offensive line, giving right. him. It, it's the Andrew Luck aspect of it there. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I think it. I think a lot of it is luck. I mean, it's a lot of them are fluky things, but there is maybe there is something to that. I'll tell you this though: the big pickup for the Seahawks that made their defense better was Carlos Dunlap, who I'm not sure what happened in in Cincinnati. They just stopped playing him. And but he's been good since he came to Seattle. Yes, yes, he has, and that's one of the reasons why I'm not optimistic. Zach Taylor alienated his, a lot of veterans. You know, he wanted to have his guys. He also wanted to have 
his his you know he and his uh, and his coordinator obviously they want to have their system their guys, um, and whether you know they got you know, a lot of veterans kind of felt alienated on this here. Geno Atkins did nothing this year. Now some of that was yeah. he got, he was hurt too, uh, and that that's also a problem. Uh, but you know it, it's sad. It's sad. These cornerstones of the team yeah did nothing this year. It's, it's for Geno Atkins. I mean, that guy, if he was on a more, a better team, a more high profile team, he might be a hall of famer. I mean, if you look at that guy's numbers, they're unbelievable for a defensive tackle. Yeah. But, um, the other guy I wanted to mention though was Tyler Boyd. He came up big for me in fantasy. He got hurt toward the end of the season, but he, when Burrow was going, Oh man, that in, in not just the numbers, but the value, you know, the value of, of the, of the draft pick was, that was big for me too in the stake league. Yeah, it was. It really was. Um, yeah, it, it, and I, you know, Boyd and T. Higgins. I'm ex- I'm excited about that combo. They'll be around for a while. Uh, so that's another one I'm kind of really looking forward to too. Uh, we'll finish with a couple other news items. Uh, the Cleveland Browns have closed their facility after another player, I think a practice squad player and a staff member, tested positive for COVID. So. Going into this game against the Steelers, must-win game for the Browns. They may or may not get their receiving core back. They just lost to the Jets, but now they're facing a Steelers team that's not starting Mason Rudolph. I mean, it's starting yeah. Mason Rudolph. You know that yeah, it's, it's all sorts of weirdness trying to handicap that game. <laughs> that could be an ugly game too. I mean, you got the Mason Rudolph is not a good quarterback, and I mean, we think we saw that last year when he was filling in for Roethlisberger that he's not very good. And now you got a Browns team that, I mean, I don't know. Are they going to get to practice any of this week? I guess not. I guess maybe later in the week. Yeah. But they're supposed they to, supposedly too. Thursday for uh, for the Browns uh, wide receivers is the day that all those guys come off the IR, uh, the COVID list. So we'll see. I mean, they've all been testing negative. So, But Mason cool. Rudolph, who knows? Like, who else is going to be sitting for the Steelers, too? Yeah, I know. That's another thing, too. The Steelers, but that, that's the thing, though. The Steelers kind of need to win, right? Don't they? I mean, they've been playing so awful for the last month that they would, I mean, you would think they'd want to go into the playoffs on a high note and not this, you know, what would it be, like a four-game losing streak or five-game losing streak or something? I don't know, something like that. And, um, but they're going to, you know, they're going to rest their guys and rest Roethlisberger, so they'll probably end up losing this game if the if the Browns can be any you know have any sorts of sort of practice this week yeah that's right uh final note cooper cup uh L- lindsey theory uh who uh covers the rams for uh espn is reporting that uh he, he, she's hearing that cooper cup will not be available sunday against the cardinals he was placed on the reserve COVID list yesterday wow. so that's another news item there so uh, we'll see about that you know that that rams cardinals game i mean it, it's sideways i mean yeah. it, there's that all sorts brutal. of guys missing that game yeah I don't see how without Goff and without Cup, well, it's going to be a tough one for him. Yeah, no Darrell Henderson in that one either. Maybe no, you know, we'll see. Maybe they get Cam Akers back, but he missed last yeah, week with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, it could be a, a real defensive slugfest. Uh, so we'll see about that one. All right. Uh, any parting thoughts, Thorne? Congrats on your wins. Uh, anything else? Any pearls of wisdom you want to share before we sign off? Pearls of wisdom. Uh, you know, Nobody knows anything. How about that? That's okay. my pearl. I don't <laughs> all right. know. It was a fun year. I'm glad to do it. And thanks for inviting me in all these leagues, people. All right. No problem. And, you know, hey, knock on wood, We, whenever it, the time has come, we will have that steak dinner. It may be July, for all we know. But Hey, I'll do it. Maybe we can do it in Vegas. 
That would be fun. That would be awesome, too. And then maybe Liz could be a part of it there, since he is yeah. going to be at least a buyer and maybe a double buyer. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's hope. Let's hope so much better in person if we do that. But yeah, uh, we'll see. All right, folks. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks for listening all season long. Uh, thanks to all the guests that joined us on Wednesdays with us here, various different people in the industry and from Rotowire itself. Um, thanks again for listening. Thanks to BetMGM for sponsoring us this week. Good luck in Week 17 if you're playing DFS, if you're playing uh, points bets like we are in the Stake League. Have a great day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.